on hand to bring you all the action, and we've got a packed house tonight here at Fenway Park in Boston. And, well, we might have after that fantastic finish last night. The Red Sox beating the Yankees 11-10. They came up with eight runs in the bottom of the eighth to do it. We'll take a look at the starting lineups right now. And the Yankees first. For the Yankees, Dick Hauser playing second base and leading off. Roy White in center field and batting second. Mickey Mantle at first base, and he's batting third. Joe Pepitone is playing left field and batting cleanup. Andy Costco in right field, batting fifth. And here's the big surprise of the night, the big talk around the Yankee circles. Tommy Tresh, the shortstop, and batting sixth. I'll say that again, Tommy Tresh, who has not played shortstop in six years, has been inserted by manager Ralph Houck as the shortstop, and he'll be in there indefinitely. Tommy Tresh at short and batting sixth. Jake Gibbs behind the plate, hitting seventh. Bobby Cox at third base, batting eighth. And Bill Mamboquet will be pitching, and he'll be batting ninth. For the Boston Red Sox, Mike Andrews leading off and playing second base. Joe Foy at third. He's batting second. Carl Yastrzemski in left field, hitting third. Reggie Smith batting cleanup and playing center field. Ken Harrelson in right field, batting fifth. George Scott at first base, hitting sixth. Jerry Adair still in there at shortstop. He'll be batting seventh. Elston Howard will be catching, hitting eighth. And Gary Bell will be pitching, and he'll be batting ninth. The batteries once again for the Yankees. Mamboquette pitching, Jake Gibbs catching, and for the Red Sox, Gary Bell pitching, and Elston Howard catching. So these uh, are the starting lineups, and we'll be back right after this word. Sun beats down hard. You've got to cool off. Ice your insides with something special. A chilling Valentine premium. It's a very special glass of beer. Make a ring and add another ring and then another ring and then you've got three rings Valentine. And now it's premium. It's a very special glass of beer. Valentine Premium ingredients, premium brew, for crisp, light, premium flavor. Something you just don't get from just any beer. Valentine, and now it's premium. It's a very special glass of Boquette is warming up in front of us here. Gary Bell did his warm-ups in the bullpen of the Red Sox out in right field. And right now, we remind you, it's New York Yankee baseball. Let's pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey. Stay tuned tonight following Yankee baseball for my Nightline show here on WGY Schenectady. are coming out of the Red Sox dugout along with first base coach Bobby Doerr. The umpires in tonight's ball game behind the plate, rookie Russ Getz. At first base, Hank Soar. 
Nestor Shylock at second, and Bill Kinneman is the umpire at third. Here comes manager Ralph Houck from the Yankee dugout. Right now, as we look at the action developing in both major leagues, we find that Baltimore is at Cleveland, Bray Bender against Teon, Washington at Detroit, Oakland at Chicago, and California is at Minnesota. All night action in the American League. Over in the National, it's the same way. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, the Braves are in New York, St. Louis at Philadelphia, Houston at San Francisco, and Chicago at Los Angeles on the coast. A later start, of course, on the West Coast. The standings right now, Detroit leading the Indians and the Orioles by two games and three ahead of the Minnesota Twins. Boston three and a half back, followed by Oakland four and a half down, California and Washington five and a half out, New York and the White Sox seven back. Over in the National League, the Cardinals leading the Giants, the San Francisco Giants by two and a half, Atlanta three and a half back, Pittsburgh and the Chicago Cubs four and a half down, Cincinnati and Philadelphia five and a half back, the Dodgers and the Mets six games out, and in last place the Houston Astros. And a huge crowd on hand here tonight. Coming to their feet as the Red Sox take the field. The Red Sox have won five straight. One of the big stories that was carried in all of the newspapers today was the fact that Carly Ostrimsky, the ace of aces for the Red Sox, left the game early last night. But right now... The on the mound, and he'll be going up against the top of the Yankee batting order, Dick Hauser, Roy White, and Mickey Mantle. Bell is 1-1 one one this year. Against the Yankees, he's 1-0, oh, so that game that he won was against the Yankees. He's 109 and 101 lifetime, and 12-12 and 12 lifetime against New York, most of that record, of course, with the Cleveland Indians got a couple of real old pros on the mound out there tonight. Gary Bell has won 109 lifetime Major League victories and Bill Mamboquette with 113. George Scott at first base, Mike Andrews at second, Jerry Adair at short, Joe Foy at third, Elston Howard behind the plate, Carly Ostrimsky in left, Reggie Smith in center, Ken Harrelson in right, and Harrelson has been red hot. We mentioned about Carly Ostrimsky leaving the game early. He was taken out and uh, told to go home and relax and take life easy. And at that time, the Red Sox were behind by a score of 10 to 5. And then it came to that fateful bottom of the eighth inning, and they had to insert Dalton Jones in the area where Carly Ostrimsky normally would have been hitting. And uh, I believe had the Red Sox not won that ball game, that uh, manager Dick Williams would have been in for 
quite a bit of criticism. As it turned out, when you win, what can you say? As it turned out, Dalton Jones hit a strike single and kept the rally alive, and eventually the Red Sox went on to win the ball game with those six big runs in the bottom of the eighth. Whitey Ford coaching at first base for the Yanks, and at third, the old crow, Frank Grissetti, and the first pitch of this ball game is about to come underway. Dick Hauser batting 125, waiting, and the first pitch is fouled back on the screen, strike one. Hauser replacing Horace Clark at second base. Horace has been in a dreadful slump. Last night, Hauser came to the plate five times, and in his first four appearances, he walked. So he actually was 0 for 1. He scored three runs last night. Gary Bell, the right-hander again, into the windup. A slider that misses outside, 1-1. One one. It was the Yankees' most productive run exhibition of the entire 1968 season, and yet it was fruitless as the Red Sox came on strong in that big eight. The 1-1 pitch popped up, coming back. Howard is after it. No chance into the stands out of play. One ball and two strikes. Elston Howard, the old pro, he also was taken out of the lineup and was replaced by Gene Oliver. And the catchers last night for the Red Sox, Howard was two for two and Oliver was two for two. So it was one of those real wild ball games played in the downpour. The one-two pitch, Hauser swings and misses strike three. One after a low curveball. One up and one down, and the fans here at Fenway Park if you want to see a baseball fan, a baseball crowd, just drop by Fenway Park anytime the Yankees are in town, and you'll see them in force. The capacity of Fenway Park is about 33 or 34,000, and we'll have to run very close to that this evening. I do not see a vacant seat. They're selling standing room. Here's Roy White stepping in there, the hottest Yankee hitter, takes ball one. White in the top 10 in the American League, batting at 306. In fact, Roy right now is sixth in the American League in batting. There's a high fly ball into short right field. Moving over and after it is Ken Harrelson. He's got it all away and makes the play for the second out. And you can hear, I'm sure, the fans in the background here, they're roaring their approval. Uh, just about everything. And now here comes Mickey stepping in. Defense in the infield and the outfield. Way back. George Scott, Mike Andrews at the edge of the grass. On the right side. Boy is deep at third. Adair deep at short. The first pitch by Bell to Mantle. Hit the straightaway center field. Reggie Smith going back near the barrier. Has room. Is under it. Makes the play. Three up and three down for the Yankees. And the score after a half inning of play. The Yankees nothing and the Red Sox coming to bat. Hi, fans. I want you to meet a friend of mine. The whiteout girl. You know, I've been expecting you. Of course. You always find me where the men are. Tell me something, then. Are there any rules in baseball you'd like to see changed? I think we ought to change the seventh inning stretch. How do you mean? Instead of stretching, everyone lights up a white owl. A white owl is more relaxing, soothing. The tobacco does it. It's aged slowly, mellowed longer. But the seventh inning stretch is a tradition. So are white owl cigars. You see them everywhere. The stands are filled with them today. Just look around at all the ranges. 
Invincible. And New Yorkers. They're everywhere. Hmm. The seventh inning white owl. I think I'll write the commissioner about it today. Just think. All those men at the same time finding out you get a lot more from a white owl than just smoke. is authorized under rights granted by the New York Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience and any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the New York Yankees is prohibited. Taking a look at the top of the batting order for the Boston Red Sox, it'll be second baseman Mike Andrews, the third baseman Joe Foy, and Carl Yastrzemski. Mike Andrews, right-hand hitter. He's got one of those Elston Howard weight donuts on his back that he's just removed. And he's just been announced, and you hear the approval from the crowd here. Mike Andrews, a 245 hitter, two home runs and 11 RBIs. Mike Andrews, long and lean. Mamboquette. Four and two on the air, shooting for number five. And in this ballpark, one that he is used to. He played here for eight or nine years, so he knows all the ropes. First pitch is a pop-up to the right side, short right field. Hauser going back. Costco coming in. Now Hauser calling for it, makes the play. Dick Hauser circled the ball a little bit, not quite sure where it was, and then when he looked up again and picked it up, managed to get under it. It's that time of night, I might say, when you can lose a pop-up. It's that period between daylight and darkness where balls going up in the sky, you can lose and then sometimes have a lot of trouble picking them up. But Hauser managed to come up with that one. All right, here's Joe Foy, red-hot hitter. Takes a strike right in there from Amboquet. Foy hitting at 315, one home run and 12 RBIs. Right behind him, Carl Yastrzemski. He'll be followed by Reggie Smith and Ken Harrelson. There's a swing and a miss by Foy. Strike two as Mambo goes for that outside corner. Joe Foy and Carl Yastrzemski since May the 2nd, batting right at 400, both of them red hot. He's hitting five straight games, also 10 of the last 12, raising his average from 205 to 315. Mambo to Foy. The slider misses outside. One and two. A packed house. The wind is blowing out toward that left field wall. A big green monster. 315 feet down the line and goes straight across and about 35 feet high. Above it, a big net to catch all the balls that drop in there. Here's the one-two pitch, and Foy takes this one outside for two and two. Last night, the Red Sox used four pitchers and won the ball game 11 to 10. Yankees had four of them in there and couldn't quite hang on to it. It was a tough loss for the Yankees and a great win for the Red Sox. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Foy swings and misses strike three. And Mambo Kett slipped a fastball right by him. Now Carl Yastrzemski coming on. for the Yankees, Bobby Cox at third, Tommy Tresh at shortstop. First game in six years at short. 
Dick Hauser at second, Mickey Mantle at first, Gibbs behind the plate. Pepe in left, White in center, Costco in right. And here is Carl Yastrzemski, batting 318. Takes a curve, low and inside, ball one. Carl with four home runs and 12 RBIs. Yastrzemski right now, third in the American League batting race behind Alvis and Frank Howard. And how about that Frank Howard? Yastrzemski takes strike one, it's one and one. Howard with 14 home runs leads both major leagues. Tied the American League record with seven homers in four games. Got two of them last night off Sam McDowell to win for the Senators over the Indians 4-1. to one. The 1-1 one, one pitch now to Yastrzemski. Backs him off the plate. Two balls and a strike. Dark, gray, overcast evening. Cool evening. And a packed house at Fenway Park. These people have got the fever. After last year, they'll believe anything. And after last night, they really believe it. The 2-1 pitch. Yastrzemski takes it for strike two. Yaz, as they call him. Y-A-Z. He wrote a book along with Al Hirschberg. Quite a book. Goes into a lot of his family life when he was a youngster and how he developed into a ball player. Two balls, two strikes, two outs, nobody on. Bottom of the first, no score. Mambo delivers. Yastrzemski takes strike three, and he's got a word to Russ Getz on that one. Throws the bat. He's upset. So it's three up and three down for the Sox, and the score after one. Yankees nothing. Boston nothing. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. When you go, follow the Imperial Road. No matter where you drive, you're always on the Imperial Road when you go with Atlantic Imperial Gasoline. Atlantic Imperial helps keep your car running the way it ought to run, all the way. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. Let Atlantic Imperial Gasoline put you on the Imperial Road and keep you there. Tone is stepping in for the Yankees, and he is playing his first game in left field in Fenway Park. He's up there against that big green monster. Pepe batting at 333, six for 18, three doubles, one RBI. Takes ball one. Joe Pepitone said that he feels better when he throws hard with his arm, the one that he cracked throwing, than he did when he just lobs the ball. Bell delivers. It's low and inside. It's 2-0 to Pepe. Boy is tight at third base, giving Pepitone about 15 feet of the line. Reggie Smith almost in dead center. They're not playing Pepitone to pull. Bell 
into the windup, the two ball pitch on the ground to Andrews at second. On the third hop, he has it over to Scott, one away. So Gary Bell has retired the first four Yankers that he's faced. Hauser, White, Mantle, and Pepitone, and now it's Andy Costco coming on. Costco hitting at 294. Four home runs, 14 RBIs. Just about every time Andy gets a base hit, he drives in a run. Andy is ninth in the American League, tied with Davey Johnson and Ed Stroud, Johnson of the Orioles and Stroud of the Senators. The first pitch to Costco is a curve outside, ball one. One out, nobody on. Bottom of the second, no score on the ball game. Second game of the four-game set. Last night, it was the Red Sox 11 and the Yankees 10. Gary Bell, in his 11th year in the major leagues and in the American League, there's a swing and a miss by Costco. It's one and one. The win now twisting in a little bit, blowing toward the left field foul line so that any high fly ball could be held up slightly. It's not blowing out as it was when the game started. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Swung on a miss. Strike two. A curveball. The wind becomes a very important factor here at Fenway Park because of that short fence. You can get a ball, almost a high fly ball with not too much distance, and if the wind's blowing out, it'll go out of here. Gary Bell taking his time now. Here's the one-two pitch to Costco. Missed outside. Two balls and two strikes. Andy Costco. Very scholarly type. Costco and White have taken the jobs away from Robinson and Whitaker. That's just the way it stands right now. The two-two pitch now on the way to Costco. Hit sharply. Two hops to a dare. Bobbles it in front of him. He's up with it. Underhand flip is in time. Jerry Adair recovered nicely on that ball. It was sharply hit right to him. Hit off the heel of his glove, then his chest, and then popped out about six feet in front. He was over there in a hurry. Came up with it. The underhand flip was in time to get Costco. So it's two up and two down. Now here comes Tommy Tresh playing shortstop tonight. The last time he played short was in 1962. And you know, Tresh made the all-star team as a shortstop in his rookie season. All right, he's waiting and takes a strike from Gary Bell. Trash is one of the few ball players who has made the all-star team at two positions. He made it as a left fielder and as a shortstop. Here's the one-strike pitch on the way to Tommy. He way outside, one and one. Tommy Trash was a fine shortstop. He won the job from Phil Lind. If you recall, Tony Kubek at the time was in the service. Here's the 1-1 delivery, and it's just outside. Two balls and one strike. But then when Kubek came back at the end of the 1962 season, that was the year that the Yankees won the pennant, Kubek took over shortstop, and then Tresh went to the outfield. Here's the 2-1 delivery. Strike, two call, two and two. Many of you may forget also that Tommy played all of his minor league career in the infield and 99% of it at shortstop, a little third base mixed in from time to time. So shortstop is not an unfamiliar position to him. The 2-2 pitch to Tommy, hit on the fist to short right, moving in and under it is Harrelson. He's got it. 
Three up and three down. And the score after an inning and a half. It's the Yankees nothing. And the Red Sox nothing. Here she is. The ladybird of the cigar world. The white owl girl. Mmm, there's so many white owl men up here. See that picture warming up? Nerves of piano wire. He's my choice to win the big game. He smokes white owl rangers. The tall, slim one. Pitches him See that short, fat guy in the bleachers? The one with the Beethoven sweatshirt blowing the bugle? Yeah. What if he smoked the white owl ranger? Well, at least he would stop blowing the bugle. Remember the day you quit playing baseball? Yeah, I remember. The manager was so happy, he handed out White Owl New Yorkers to everybody. Naturally. It's the big cigar for the big moment. Big moment, huh? Say, last year, a 20-game pitcher I know ran out of White Owl Invincibles. The cigar that makes you feel that way. How awful. That was the day he got knocked out in the first inning. Could it be that... You're right, Joe. You know you get a lot more from White Owl than just smoke. We go into the bottom of the second inning. A no-score ball game. It'll be Reggie Smith, Ken Harrelson, and George Scott. Reggie Smith, switch hitting, cleanup batter for the Red Sox, doing most of his hitting from the left side. He got the big double that knocked Rabanic out of the box and set up the squeeze play that actually and eventually won the game for the Red Sox. Reggie Smith batting from the left side. Smith hitting at 257. One home run and 14 RBIs. Facing Bill Mamboquette. Bottom of the second and no score. Bill's first pitch to Smith is high for ball one. On the scoreboard, one game just getting underway. Baltimore and Cleveland are scoreless. I think that's Louis Tiant. Is it not uh, Bill Kane going for his uh, fifth successive shutout? Louis Tiant for the Indians. We'll keep a uh, weather eye on that one. There's a bunt. Mambo Kent has it. Flips over to Madeline Time. And Reggie Smith, who can run, got the ball too close to the mound. Mambo Kent picked it off. Play going 1-3. Pitcher to first. Now here's Ken Harrelson who's become a big favorite here in Fenway. Batting at 282. Five home runs and 16 RBIs. This year, before Tony Canigliaro tragically had to bow out of the baseball scene, there was a lot of talk that Harrelson would be traded. And I talked to him at length tonight before the game and he said, you know, this is one place I want to stay. He said, I didn't want to be traded. And he has turned it in. Ken takes a curve outside, ball one. Bobby Doerr, the first base coach for the Red Sox, said that if you leave Harrelson alone, he thinks they'll get 30 home runs out of him. He said he's a better hitter. He works harder than anybody on the ball club to improve himself. And this is not the Ken Harrelson that we know. So he has uh, turned a page. Here's the 1-0 pitch. It's in there, strike one, one and one. Eddie Papowski is coaching at third for Boston. Now that wind is blowing just right for Ken Harrelson, if he can get one up in the air. Shading across the field from right to left. Here's the 1-1 pitch. It's on the corner, strike two, and Mambo Cat right now has really been hitting those corners. Harrelson with a 
little conversation with Russ Getz, the rookie umpire behind the plate, about that last call. Now Harrison stepped out. He's hit safely in his last 10 games here at Fenway Park. 17 for 37. That's here in Fenway. A 459 clip. Harrelson takes outside. Two balls and two strikes. That Harrelson has been shut out only once here at Fenway Park. That was on April the 21st. Hit all five home runs here. So you can see why he's so popular here in uh, Boston. Two two pitches just outside. It's three and two. The Red Sox three and a half back. Trailing Detroit, who leads the American League by two over Cleveland and Baltimore. Those Indians have some pitching. In fact, there's been great pitching all over both leagues, both the American and the National. Here's the payoff pitch on the way by Mambo Cat, and Harrelson takes inside ball four and draws a walk. First walk given up by Mambo. Now, Mambo Cat does not walk many batters. Now, here's George Scott. Scott, powerful hitting first baseman, although he's been in somewhat of an early season slump right now. He's batting at 151. Has one double and seven RBIs, but he is just coming out of a terrible slump that began opening day. In fact, he got his first extra base hit only two days ago. The pitch to Scott is on the corner for strike one. Mambo Kid with that slider. Just knifing the corners. waiting as Mambo sets, checks Harrelson, the pitch to George is inside, almost hit him, one and one. This Scott is a big guy. They call him the boomer, because he booms him out. He can pop him into any part of this ballpark, right field, left field, center field. All right, Harrelson with a big lead, looks like he might be going, there's a ground ball to Hauser at second, he flips the trash for one, throw to first, in time. And you never saw a harder throw by a shortstop than Tommy Tresh fired to Mattle. That play went 4-6-3. That Tresh really turned it over, and what a bullet he threw. Three up and three down. And the score after two, Boston nothing and the Yankees nothing. time of the year is here. Buick bargain days. If you've ever dreamed of owning a brand new Buick. Special Deluxe, Skylark, Grand Sport, the Sabre, Wildcat, Electra 225, even a Riviera. This is your time of year. Buicks, equipped the way Buicks should be equipped, are easier to own than they've ever been. Let your Buick dealers show you. Wouldn't you really rather have a Buick? A Buick? A brand new Buick? All the bright, exciting new Buicks are here. We're all set to go as Jake Gibbs will come on for the Yankees, but before he does, it's New York Yankee baseball. Let's pause for station identification. 
Tonight, following Yankee baseball, join me, Jerry Ducey, on my telephone talk show, Nightline, here on WGY Schenectady. Gary Bell now into the windup, and the first pitch to Gibbs is just outside, ball one. Jake made out as if to bunt and then took it. Jake batting 190. Two doubles, eight RBIs. Got a couple of stolen bases. Gary Bell, 195-pound right-hander, delivers, and Gibbs takes it for strike one. One ball, one strike. Gibbs and Fernandez share the catching honors. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Jake. Fouled off left side out of play, strike two. But because of the imbalance of left-hand pitching and right-hand pitching, Gibbs does most of the catching because most of the pitchers in the major leagues, at least the starters, are right-handers. And therefore, Frank Fernandez, who had himself a big grand slam home run last night, gets to play only against left-hand pitching, and that isn't too often as it's uh, turned out so far this year. All right, Gary Bell into the windup. The next one to Jake. Sliced foul down the left-field side past Frank Crescetti. Play tomorrow night, Sunday afternoon, and then on to Washington, and then back on Wednesday night against the Baltimore Orioles. Incidentally, the Yankee yearbook is ready. You don't have to come to the stadium to buy it. You can order it by mail. We'll tell you how in just a moment. There's a ball that gets over the head of Elson Howard, two and two. If you want the new Yankee yearbook, and it's really a honey, costs 75 cents, but if you order by mail, please send a dollar. And send your ticket, re- or your... Uh, your yearbook request to Yankee Yearbook, care of Yankee Stadium, Bronx, New York, with one dollar, and they will send you a Yankee Yearbook. Gibbs hits one solidly into the gap in left center. Yastrzemski is over there, makes a nice stop, and holds Gibbs to a single. That was a fine play by Carl Yastrzemski, and he gets a big hand. That was labeled a double all the way, the first base hit for the Yankees. First Yankee base runner. But Carl Yastrzemski, with a fine defensive play, holds Gibbs at first. Now Bobby Cox, batting in the number eight spot, stepping in. Cleveland and Baltimore scoreless there in the third. Cox takes outside, ball one. The Tion, in four games, has pitched 36 consecutive scoreless innings, so that is now at 38. Gary Bell is uh, crouching behind the mound out there with his back to us. I don't know what he's doing. Must be working on his glove. I guess he was. Seems to be okay now. Gibbs on at first base. Nobody out. No score in the game. Top of the third. Red Sox infield. Double play depth. Bobby Cox the hitter. There goes Gibbs on the hit and run. Swung on a miss. Throw to second. Not in time. And Gibbs steals it. For Jake, that's number three. I believe that's the fourth consecutive stolen base the Yankees have had off Elston Howard. All right, Jake gives a second base, a one-on-one count to Bobby Cox. 
Knocks a right-hand hitter. Waiting as Bell delivers, and Bobby swings and misses. Strike two. One ball and two strikes. Now the plate umpire, Russ gets wiping off home plate. Last night, you couldn't do that. She had to wipe it off with a towel. He just brushed it off with a whisk broom. One ball, two strikes. Cox waiting. Gibbs at second. He singled and stole second. Bell to Cox. Fouled off left side. So the count holds at one ball and two strikes. Fenway Park, a mass of humanity. You cannot see a vacant seat any place in this ballpark. All right, now Gary Bell getting the sign, sets, delivers. There's a check swing fly ball into short right center, drops. And Gibbs has to hold up. He just moves over to third and stands there. That was a check swing. The ball hit the bat and just lazily flopped into short right center for a base hit for Bobby Cox. Cox was batting at 194. Now it's a base hit for Cox. The Yankees have runners at first and third with nobody out. And here's Bill Mambo Kett. Mambo is two for 13 with an RBI hitting at 154. Second base hit off Gary Bell. after last night, the way things went. Whoa, and Mambo Kett almost got nailed by Gary Bell, and Mambo just dropped the bat and walked away. I tell you, if you're going to knock somebody down, that's not the guy to do it to. Ball one is the count. Gary Bell almost tattooed Mambo Kett's Adam's apple. So, we have to see how this develops. I think the ball just got away from uh, Bell. He thought that Mambo might be uh, bunning or something. There's a swing and a miss by Mambo, one and one. And you can tell the way Mambo Cat went after that ball. He's just mad. See, Gary Bell will be the third hitter coming up in the bottom of the third. There's no score in this ball game. The Yankees are threatening here in the top of the third. Runners at first and third. Foy is in at third. Scott holding against Cox at first. Adair at short. Andrews at second, double play depth. Here's the 1-1 delivery. And this ball was a bunt that was fouled back. It's strike two. It was a safe squeeze. It wasn't a type of ball that was a wide-open suicide squeeze that won the game for the Red Sox last night. Mambo just squared around, holding at third, waiting to see how the ball was bunted was Gibbs. And waiting at first also was Bobby Cox. So it's one ball and two strikes now. Whitey Ford yelling something to Cox at first. Frank Rossetti over is actually talking to Gibbs at third. So we'll see what develops from this one. All right, Gary Bell, ready. Here's the one-two pitch. Curveball popped up, right side. George Scott, foul territory. He's under it. He's got it for the out. So the runners hold at first and third, and that'll bring up Dick Hauser, who struck out of the first inning on a low curveball. And Mambo, Kett, and Hauser having a conversation as Mambo returns to the Yankee dugout. Sometimes the next hitter will ask the man in front of him just, uh, well, what's he got? Uh, what did he throw you? What's the pattern? Little questions like that, inside stuff. 
The seating capacity here at Fenway Park is 33,375, and the PR director for the Red Sox, Bill Crowley, said they were selling standing room, so we might go by that uh, number there. There's a foul off to the right side out of play by Dick Hauser. Strike one. Kicked off the facade of the roof and then bounced into the lower deck. Fenway Park does not have a double deck. It has a roof area here with some uh, choice seats, about three deep, that ring the playing field from down behind third and down behind first. Here's the one-strike pitch to Hauser on the ground, dribbled toward third foul. Strike two. But this is the only ballpark in the major leagues that is not double-decked or even triple-decked as is Yankee Stadium. In fact, out in Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles, they have four levels. I think they also have four levels in the Astrodome in Houston. But here at Fenway Park, only one level with the exception of a few choice seats on the roof here. The roof isn't very high. It'd be about the height of the mezzanine at the stadium. Hauser takes a fastball outside, one and two. One ball, two strikes. Gary Bell in some trouble here on the top of the third, a scoreless ball game. One ball and two strikes on Dick Hauser. Gibbs at third, Cox at first. Bell comes set again. Delivers, and Hauser hits one. Bell has it on one hop. Fires Andrews. Throw to first. Is in. Not in time. Not in time. And a run comes across. And now Dick Williams is coming out to have a word with Hank Soar. Williams thinks that he got it. And for a moment, it looked as though Soar was going up with that right hand. Dick Williams has his say and leaves. But the Yankees move out in front one to nothing. The Red Sox... Missing the double play. Gibbs comes in to score. Hauser is out. One to four. But gets credit for an RBI at four, Dick. That's his first of the year. Bobby Cox forced at second. Hauser on at first base right now. Gibbs coming in to score. The Yankees lead. And here is Roy White, who takes a fastball for a strike. Two down. Yankees coming up with a run on the top of the third to move out in front, one nothing. Gary Bell had a shot at a double play, but couldn't come up with it. White takes low and inside. It's one and one. Actually, the throw was a little bit off to the right of second base, and Mike Andrews covering... Had a little trouble with his feet before he could get rid of the ball, and that slight hesitation cost the double play and gave the Yankees the run. One ball, one strike to Roy White. Hauser moving off first. Here's the pitch. It's a pitch out. They were looking for Dick to run, and he didn't. It's two balls and one strike. Gary Bell, a big addition to the Red Sox staff. Many people feel that it was his acquisition from the Indians that helped put the Sox over last year in their big year. All right, Bell to White. In there for strike two. Roy White flied to right in the first inning. It's two balls and two strikes. Gary Bell was 13-13 and 13 last year, splitting the season between Cleveland and the Red Sox. And so far this year, he's 1-1. One 
Two balls and two strikes. Roy White chokes up a little bit more from the left side than he does from the right. Waiting as Gary Bell throws to first and Hauser is back. Balls and two strikes. Roy White chokes up a little bit more from the left side than he does from the right. Waiting as Gary Bell throws to first and Hauser is back. And a cool, cool evening. In the cool, cool, cool of the evening. A good song for tonight. There goes Hauser. White takes it. The throw to second is in time. They've got him. A headlong dive did not work out as Hauser is nailed by Elston Howard. The play going two to six. And the Yankees are out of there here in the third. They got one run on two base hits. Nobody left. And the score after two and a half. The Yankees won, the Red Sox nothing. You know, weekends can turn into the busiest time of the week. That's the time you shop and do necessary household chores. But let's face it, weekends should be a time for the whole family to be together. A time to relax and enjoy yourself. This weekend, for example, why not load the family into the car and take off on an Atlantic Weekender tour to one of the interesting destinations in Atlantic's free Weekender tour guides. In case you're not familiar with the tour guides, let me tell you about them. They're more than just trips. These one-day and weekend planned tours to nearby exciting and unusual locations not only tell you how to get there, but they point out what to see on the way and what to do once you arrive. These weekender tour guides are free, of course. Just stop in at any Atlantic station and ask for one. And while you're there, fill up with Atlantic Imperial, the gasoline that cleans the throttle plate area of your carburetor as you drive and keeps it clean. You'll find the goings great when you travel the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. for Petroselli. Adair batting at 278. Hits the first pitch into center field for a base hit. First, the word is out that Petroselli is tired and needs a rest, but I think there may be more to it than that. Petroselli was not hitting well. And from some of the comments we can pick up, there may be a little uh, feud going on between Petroselli and his manager Dick Williams over one thing or another which has never been brought to light. Elston Howard stepping in now with Adair at first base. Ellie, a 286 hitter, takes strike one. That was the first base hit off Mambo. Elston Howard was two for two last night. He's got one home run and five RBIs. Hitting much better this year than he did last season. Takes high and outside from Mambo, one and one. Jerry Adair at first. Nobody out. Yankees leading one to nothing last half of the third inning. We'll be on with all the scores right after this half inning to bring you up to date what's going on in the major leagues in both the American and the national. Mambo comes set. Here's the pitch to Howard. It's in there, strike two. Got the corner, and Ellie with a slight conversation to Russ Getz. See, Howard, Mambo Kett, Yastrzemski have all had a few choice words with Russ Getz, the rookie umpire behind the plate thus far tonight. Sometimes it happens that way. All right, Elston waiting. 
Mambo sets. Here's the one-two pitch, and Howard takes outside. Two and two. Two balls, two strikes. And listen to those Red Sox fans go. They want to shake something up here. All right, Mambo, the 2-2 pitch to Elston Howard. On the way, a high chopper over second. Tresh has it, tags the bag, throw to first, double play. And Tommy Tresh is playing shortstop like a veteran and like he's never been away. And you must remember, it's the first time that Tresh has been at short in six years. The last time was 1962. A double play that went 6-6-3. Six, six, the race is Jerry Adair and Elston Howard. And now here is Gary Bell. Two outs, nobody on. Mambo Kett will be going into his windup. Gibbs with the sign. Into the windup, the pitch is a curve that's in there to Gary Bell for a strike. Big overhand curve dropped right in there. Bell took it all away. Two outs, nobody on. Mambo ready again. Fastball is on the corner. No balls, two strikes. <laughs> you can hear Somebody down there said, hey, you Yankee lover, <laughs> yelling at the umpire. These uh, Red Sox fans take their baseball seriously. Fastball misses outside, one and two. You know, if, if you could just run around a baseball field and take some of the comments from these rabid baseball fans, you could put it in a book and make a million dollars. The one-two pitch foul back by Bell. One ball, two strikes, two outs, nobody on. The Boston Red Sox with that finish last night and that victory, they've packed this park tonight. Standing room only was sold long before the game started. Be interesting to see just exactly where the crowd figure tabulates for the tonight. All right, Mambo checking Gibbs. Here's the one-two pitch on the way. Sidearm curveball swung on a miss, strike three. And that's the third strikeout for Mambo Kett. For the Red Sox, no runs, a base hit, and nobody left. And the score after three full innings of play, Yankees one, Red Sox nothing. And now while we've got our network with us, let's take a look at the scores tonight. Indians leading the Orioles one to nothing. That's after three. Brave Bender against Teon. Teon going for his fifth consecutive shutout. The Major League record is five. Held by Harris of the White Sox in 1904. Teon also has 36 scoreless innings going into tonight's ball game. He's got 39 right now. The record is 56 by Walter Johnson. Incidentally, Larry Brown had a home run in the third to put the Indians ahead. Senators failed to score in the top of the first. They're playing the Tigers in Detroit. It's Coleman against Sparma. Oakland at Chicago, California, Minnesota later starts. The Braves are in New York. It's Jarvis against Cardwell. No action on that one yet. Cincinnati did not score in the top of the first. They're playing the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Maloney against McBean. Cardinals and the Phillies are scoreless after two. Gibson against Fryman. Houston at San Francisco, Chicago at Los Angeles. They're playing night games, and that'll be about 11 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. They're playing on the West Coast. Roy White is coming on right now in the top of the fourth inning. The Yankees are leading one to nothing. 
was out attempting to steal is back there again hits the first pitch foul down the first base side you know we told you that Frank Howard tied an American League record last night when he hit his seventh home run in four consecutive games the record for home runs in five consecutive games is also seven held by Babe Ruth Vic Wirtz and Jim Bottomley so if Howard hits a home run tonight he'll set a new major league record for five games there's a drive right center drops in base hit as white is on so Roy White continues his red-hot hitting. He came into the game at 3.06. Gets a leadoff single. And Roy White, the Yankees' best base dealer, has eight of them. Is on at first with nobody out. Yankees leading one to nothing. And here comes Mickey, who fly to center in the first. Gary Bell, who is 13 and 13 on his overall record last year between Cleveland and the Red Sox, was 12 and 8 for Boston. All right, Bell delivers. There's a high pop left side. Short field. Moving in is Yastrzemski. Is under it. Makes the side. Well, Mantle is out of there on a short pop to the left side. Yastrzemski getting under it and putting it away. One away. White holding it first. And now Joe Pepitone, who bounced to second, is moving in. Well, the Orioles failed to score in the fourth, so that is 40 straight consecutive scoreless innings for Louis Keon. Throw to first, and back in plenty of time is White. I think the record in the National League is about 46, held by Carl Hubble. Somewhere in that area. Louis Keon, what a string he's had. He shuts out the Orioles tonight. He'll really have something going. The pitch to Pepe is fouled back on the screen. Strike one. Carl Hubble's National League record is 46. That means that if uh, Tion shuts out the Orioles tonight, he'll be one behind Hubble's National League record and 11 behind the American League record held by Walter Johnson. All right, moving off first is Roy White. The pitch out. Goes astray as White holds on. It's one and one. Elston Howard is at a disadvantage now because Pepitone, the left-hand batter, blocks Howard out when White gets started. In other words, Pepitone is right in Howard's view with White on at first base. Yankees are leading one to nothing. Top of the fourth. Now White moving off first. Gary Bell sets. Here's the pitch to Howard. Nice play. It's in the dirt. Throw to first. White is back. Ellie Howard, what a play he made. That ball was in the dirt. He scooped it up like an infielder. So the count now at Pepitone is two balls and one strike. Pepe looking at Frank Presetti. Roy White moving off first. Little bigger lead. There he goes. The pitch is outside. Howard fires and White is out of there. Roy White nailed by Elston Howard. That's the second one that Howard has got, going two to six. From Howard to Jerry Adair. And White had a mild, uh, shall we say, 
argument with Nestor Shylock, as if to say, how about it? And then threw his helmet in the dugout when it came in. I think he's a little upset over the call. It's three and one now to Pepitone with two outs. Nobody on. Bell ready. Here's the pitch to Pepe. It's high and tight ball four. That's the first walk given up by Gary Bell. Bell has given up three base hits and one run. Struck out a batter and walked one. Now Andy Costco, who bounced a short sharply in the second inning, is stepping in. Pepitone at first with two outs. All right, Gary Bell getting the sign from Ellie Howard. There's a curveball swung on a miss as Costco goes after it. Andy Costco admits he's a Bible hitter. Thou shalt not pass. Anything over the plate that he can reach, he goes after. He gets his three cuts. Gary Wozlewski is throwing in the Red Sox bullpen, just getting a little work. There's a fastball outside to Andy Costco. It'll be Fred Talbot tomorrow night and Gary Wozlewski. So Wozlewski getting some work right now. Andy Costco among the top ten hitters in the American League. Andy's knocked in seven runs over the last four games. Leads the club in RBIs with 14. Standing in there, waiting as Bell delivers. There's a high pop to the right side. Behind first base is Mike Andrews, waiting for it in fair territory and makes the play. The Yankees, no runs, a base hit, one left, and the score after three and a half. Yankees won and the Red Sox nothing. Would you believe it? Cohoes Manufacturing Company receives tickets and puts on their display floors more famous labeled fashions every day than the average women's fashion store carries in their entire inventory. It's not at all unusual for Cohoes Manufacturing Company to add as many as 12 to 1,500 new dresses in a single day. Even the most dedicated shopper would find it impossible to complain of lack of selection. In fact, it has been said that if you haven't shopped Cohoes Manufacturing Company since last week, you don't know what's new in women's fashions. Another thing you'll appreciate is that the huge selection available extends to every size range and not just the more average sizes. If you're hard to fit and hard to please, then you owe it to yourself to shop Cohoes Manufacturing Company weekly. Cohoes Manufacturing Company, 43 Mohawk Street, Cohoes, with plenty of free and easy parking on all three sides of the building. Open every day, Monday through Saturday, from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., Tuesday and Friday nights till 9. Mike Andrews is coming on to face Bill Mamboquet. It's a tight one. The Yankees are leading one to nothing as we move into the bottom of the fourth inning. Mambo has given up only one base hit. He's been helped by a couple of double plays. Both started by Tommy Tresh. There's a ground ball deep in the hole. Tresh has it back, has it. Throw is not in time. A tough play by Tommy Tresh. Just did miss Mike Andrews. That ball deep in the hole. Tresh backhanded it, came up firing. But it was just a little bit too far off, and Andrews beat it out for a scratch hit. Well, that's the second hit 
Given up by Mambo. Kettle lead off infield single to Mike Andrews, and here's Joe Foy, who struck out on the first. I have to say right now that if Tommy Tresh continues to play that way, he'll be the all-star shortstop again in 1968. He's been nothing short of sensational. Then in two double plays, and almost came up with an outstanding play. Foy takes outside from Mambo. Ball one. Trash, having been inserted at shortstop for the first time in six years, so far has been nothing short of sensational. All right, Mambo sets. Here's a pitch to Foy. Swings and misses. One and one. Mambo has been throwing Foy the slider on the outside part of the plate, and Foy has been moving as if to pull the ball and then realizing at the last instant that the ball is breaking away and then sort of reaching out to slap at it and has been missing. Oh, it's one and one. Here's Mambo again. There's that same pitch called strike two. He got him on the corner. Bill Mambo catch. Razor sharp tonight, and you have to be here in Fenway Park. Gary Bell, right with him, has done a fine job, too. It's a one-to-nothing game, and the Yankees are leading. Last half of the fourth inning. Andrews with no one out on at first base. Mambo ready once again. Sets, delivers, and boy, <laughs> started to run after that ball. He was going to hit it to right field, but it was too far outside. He actually moved his back foot and started to chase it because Mambo's been nipping that corner. Let's see if Bill comes back on the inside this time after he's got Foy leaning over the plate. Here's a 2-2 pitch. And he went outside again, and Foy went with it. This could be trouble right down that line, and it just slices foul. Joe Foy kept going out after that ball and nearly dumped one down the line and right. Costco would have had no chance to get to it, and it sliced foul by about six feet. Now Mamboquetta stepped off the mound and is back on the grass rubbing up the ball. don't think the strategy isn't going at all times with a hitter and the pitcher. Each guy trying to outwit the other. Will Mambo come back inside? Will he stay outside? That's Joe Foy's problem. Here comes the next one. It's outside and hit the dead center field. Way back there is White. He's under it. Makes the play. And going back to first base is Mike Andrews. So Joe Foy got good wood on the ball. He reached for it, but pulled it in the center field where White could get to it. One away, and here's Carly Estremski who struck out on the first. You know, they put things in the papers to show the comparative uh, statistics of ball players from 1967 to 1968. All the Red Sox averages are in there. Here's Carl taking outside from Mambo. It's ball one. Right now, Yastrzemski is batting at 316. He has four home runs and 12 RBIs. And last year, Carl was hitting at 290 with five home runs and 17 RBIs. So he's pretty close. All right, Carl waiting. Holds that bat high. Andrews at first. Here's the pitch. And Yastrzemski backs off the plate. It's 2-0. Two, oh. two balls, no strikes. Yastrzemski 
It was excused in the sixth inning last night. And then in that devastating eighth, when the Red Sox scored six times, a lot of eyebrows raised because of the fact that Yastrzemski was not around to bat. But as it turned out, Dalton Jones, who hit in that spot, got a scratch single and kept the rally alive. Okay, now, Mambo, the 2-0 pitch. The curve is right downtown for strike one. Carl Yastrzemski taking a curveball. In the fifth inning, the Indians lead the Orioles one to nothing. In the first inning, it's Detroit two and the Senators nothing. National League, Cincinnati and the Pirates scoreless in the second. Cardinals and the Phillies scoreless in the third. The 2-1 pitch. Yastrzemski hits it sharply to right. It drops for a base hit. Andrews on his way to third. There goes the throw, and Yastrzemski is all the way around. It goes to second on the throw. to right field but moves to second base on the high throw by Andy Costco that went all the way to third. By the time Bobby Cox got to the ball, there's no chance for him to make a play on Carl Yastrzemski. So that takes a double play away. Puts runners at second and third with one out and that'll bring up Reggie Smith. While we're waiting, it's New York Yankee baseball. Let's pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey. Stay tuned tonight following Yankee Baseball for my Nightline show here on WGY Schenectady. Andrews at third, Yastrzemski at second. And here's Reggie Smith, who is out on an attempted bunt for a base hit in the second. Smith batting cleanup. And they're going to put him on intentionally to load him up and pitch to Ken Harrelson. And listen to the fans. threatening here in the last of the fourth. Yankees leading one to nothing. Cox is in at third. Mantle at first. Fresh at short. Hauser at second. Are back for the double play. Mambo Cat will come to the plate. And the fans starting to whoop it up here. One out. Bases loaded. Harrelson the batter. Ken Walk in the second. The pitch to Harrelson. Hit on the ground. Cox has it. He goes to second. The Hauser for one. Throw to first. Double play. And the Yankees get out of it. Around the horn. Five, four, three. The Yankees get out of it. And the Red Sox, no runs. Two base hits. Two left. And the score after four full innings of play. Yankees won. Boston nothing. Driving can become a wonderful new adventure when you go with Atlantic Imperial gasoline and follow the Imperial Road. Atlantic keeps your car on the go. Atlantic 
Nothing. It'll be Trash, Gibbs, and Cox facing Bell on the first one and is an attempted bunt by Trash that he misses for a strike. Well, the Yankees return on Wednesday, May 22nd, a night game against the Orioles. Plenty of places to get the tickets for the big games coming up. Tommy Trash hits a two-hopper to George Scott at first, and he makes the play unassisted. You can get tickets at Yankee Stadium. Or at the Yankees outlet at Grand Central, the 16 Bond clothing stores, the more than 30 Schraft restaurants, the 140 branches of the Chemical Bank New York Trust Company, through your Delwood Dairyman, or at the AAA outlets of North Jersey Automobile Club and Oradell Patterson in Jersey City. One away. Here's Jake Gibbs stepping in. Jake singled and scored the only run of the game in the third. to Jake Gibbs, Gary Bell, with one out and nobody on. All right, Gary Bell into the windup. Here's a pitch to Gibbs. It's fouled back and hits the shin guard of the plate umpire, Russ Getz. Incidentally, we'd like to extend a warm welcome to the latest and newest Yankee ticket outlet in the greater New York area, the Freedom National Bank, located at 275 West 125th Street. Freedom National will handle your Yankee ticket reservations during banking hours. And there are plenty of them. I'll give them to you in just a minute. Gibbs takes low, two and one. The Freedom National Bank is open 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Mondays and from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesdays through Friday. So there are plenty of hours to pick up tickets at the Freedom National Bank located at 275 West 125th Street. It's a 3-1 count now to Jake Gibbs as we're moving into the top of the fifth inning with one out and nobody on. Single by Gibbs, single by Cox. There's a drive into right center. Reggie Smith over his head, he can't get it. Gibbs is going to go for three. He's around second. And he's in with a triple. Jake Gibbs hit a bullet that Reggie Smith thought he had Ran under the ball, leaped at the last minute, and it sailed over his head. Well, a one-out triple for Gibbs. He's two for two. And, brother, that ball was really pickled. So, Jake Gibbs, who singled, stole a base, went to third on the single by Cox and scored on the ground out by Hauser, is now on a third base with a one-out triple. And here's Bobby Cox. So that was the first triple of the year for Jake. 
Red Sox infield is in tight. Yankees leading one to nothing. Top of the fifth. Here's the pitch to Cox. He takes strike one right down the middle. One strike. Cox waiting. Bell into the windup. Here's the pitch on the ground. In the hole. Base hit. And Bobby Cox drives in Jake Gibbs. And the Yankees lead two to nothing. So Bobby Cox is two for two. Single to center, single to left. Gibbs is two for two, a single and a triple, and they've done all the damage for the Yankees in this ballgame thus far. That's hit number five off Gary Bell. Now here's Mambo Kett with Cox at first, one away. Red Sox looking for the punt. Here comes Foy. Mambo fouls it back. Strike one. Tried to go down the first base side. And Mambo Kett is going to have his work cut out for him because George Scott can really play first base. He can handle the bunts. Joe Foy is driving in on him as the pitch is being thrown by Bell. It'll have to be a perfect bunt by Mambo Kett if he stays with the bunt. One strike now, and Mambo squares and bunts it toward first, and this is going to do the job. Up with it is Bell, fires to Andrews, but down to second base on the sacrifice is Bobby Cox. That play going 1-4. Cox moving to second, and that'll bring up Dick Hauser, who struck out and then tapped back to the pitcher. Dick Hauser been inserted in the leadoff spot. He's 0 for 2 tonight. Last night he got four straight walks in his first four at-bats. At second base, Bobby Cox, two down. The pitch is hit on the ground to the shortstop of Derry. He gobbles it up easily. The underhand flip is in time and the side is retired. But the Yankees come up with a run on two base hits. The big one, the triple by Gibbs. No errors, one man left, and the score after four and a half. The Yankees two and the Red Sox nothing. Tipperillo asked the American people what they thought of the world's first menthol cigar. New Tipperillo M with menthol. Pardon me, Punchy. I'd like a great fighter's opinion. How do you think a menthol cigar sounds? A menthol cigar? Oh! Then we got wise and didn't mention our cigar was menthol. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, before before you go, would you like to try this new cigar? If it's free, buddy. Here, let me let me light it for you. You like it? Yeah, I like it. It's great. I like it. You, you really like it? I told you I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's great, great cigar. cigar. It's cool. It's mild. Uh, what did you say it was called again? Well, I guess we'll have to call it the Great Taste. It sounds terrible. New Chipperillo M with menthol. Hey, buddy, were you in a fight? You look terrible. is coming on to face Bill Mamboquette as we go into the bottom of the fifth inning and on the scoreboard Luis Tion has shut out Baltimore through five innings 
And that makes it 41 straight. The record, remember, 46 in the National by Carl Hubble, 57 in the American by Walter Johnson. All right, George Scott takes outside. Ball one from Bill Mamboquette. Scotty bounced into a double play. Second, short to first in the second inning. Swings and misses and falls out from under his helmet. He really went after that one. One and one. George Scott off to the slowest start in his career. Trying to get untracked and get underway. Here's the 1-1 pitch by Mambo. Up the middle. Big bouncer into center field. A base hit. So a leadoff single by George Scott here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Yeah, that's the fourth base hit off Mambo Cat. Mambo has walked two, one intentionally. And he's struck out three thus far. Yankees are leading 2-0. Now here's Jerry Adair, who singled a center in the third inning. Jumped on the first pitch and drilled one like a bullet into dead center. All right, Scott moving off first. Here's the pitch to Adair. Takes it for strike one. One strike the count on Jerry Adair. first and Scott is back. Bill Mamboquette now checking Jake Gibbs. He sets. Here's the one strike pitch to Adair. Swings and misses strike two. Got him on a low slider. And now Adair apparently said something to the plate umpire to check that baseball, which he does, and then throws it out. So something a little dark on the ball was spotted by Adair and out it goes and now Frank Messer has moved in from the TV side everything over there okay Frank uh, Yankees leading two to, nothing, uh, two to nothing over there Jerry okay well, we got the same score here at least we got one thing right haven't we? right here's a two strike pitch Adair started to go held off one ball and two strikes Jerry it's always been amazing to me how a hitter as fast as that ball comes in there can pick up that little blemish and see it I'll tell you, a lot of it's sheer instinct. You know, you uh, go from memory. How about that Teon, Frank? 41 consecutive scoreless innings. All right, the one-two pitch now to Adair. A bullet. Crash got it. Knocked to his knees. Flips to Hauser, who throws it wild. And into the Red Sox dugout. And I'll tell you, that Scott got Hauser pretty good. But Hauser actually fell down before Scott got near him. Went to his knees and threw the ball anyway, and it was one of those, it uh, looked like a mortar round going over Mantle's head, and it went all the way in on the fly into the dugout, and down to second base goes Jerry Adair. A great stop by Tresh, and he has been nothing short of sensational. There'll be an error charged to Hauser as Adair goes to second, and Scott is forced at second. I don't know. I think uh, we've come up with a missing link out there at shortstop, Frank. Well, Jerry, as uh, they, uh, they say, uh, one Robin does not a summer make or something rather like that, and one game does not a shortstop make. But Adair has come up with some great plays, and I was particularly impressed by the play he made over in the hole on Andrews. 
and made his throw to first base. Andrews got a base hit on it, but that uh, was a fine play there. Well, Tommy has been red hot all night, and uh, I know Ralph Howard hopes he stays that way. All right, here's Elston Howard moving in, who bounced into a double play and takes outside. Ball one. There's one out. Jerry Adair, who forced Scott at second, then went all the way to second base on the wild throw by Hauser, who was charged with an error, is down at second base. One and zero oh on Elston Howard. Ellie waiting. Mom Boquette comes set. And he blusted there back. Both Trash and Hauser were too far away to make any pickoff attempt, but they were both faking a dare back. And when Mambo Kitt saw that, he just stepped off the rubber and bluffed him back himself. Here's the 1-0 pitch to Howard. Just a little low. Two balls, no strike. Jerry Adair, uh, not extremely fast, and I'm sure they want to keep him as close to second as they can. In this ballpark, any ball hit the left field, as you know, Frank, uh, very seldom, if it's got any authority to it at all, will score the man from second. And the idea is to try to hold everybody fairly close to second. The left fielder, in this case, Joe Pepitone, is in very shallow in left. All right, the 2-0 pitch on the way by Mambo Kett, and Howard takes it low, it's 3-0. And suddenly, Bill has fallen behind Elson Howard. Mambo Kett has walked a pair. One of them was an intentional pass. The other one, Ken Harrelson, he walked unintentionally in the second inning. He walked Reggie Smith intentionally in the fourth to load him up and came out of it with the double play that he was looking for. Yankees have three double plays so far tonight. Trash figuring in two of them. The other one going around the horn, 5-4-3. All right, it's 3-0 and at Elston Howard now as Mambo sets. Here's the pitch to Ellie, and he takes it high, ball four. And I would have to bet right now that intentional or otherwise that Mambo Kidd has not walked three men in a ball game this year. That's just a guess off the top of my head, but I sure don't recall when he did walk three men in the game. Jerry had only walked four going into this game all year, so I think that's a pretty good bet. has never walked more than one in a ball game up in the list game, and he's walked three, and yet he appears at times to be extremely sharp. But right now, Gary Bell is stepping in with runners at first and second. One out. Yankees leading 2-0. Bottom of the fifth, and Bell squared the bunt and took it outside. Ball one. That's five consecutive balls thrown by Monboquette. Four to Howard, and this one to Bell. Sox fan, a capacity crowd here, expectant right now, waiting, hoping. Red Sox trailing 2 nothing. Bell squares and bunts this one, and then is hit by the ball, and the umpire says, nope, it's foul. Said that Bell was not out of the batter's box when the ball bounced back and hit him. I was rather close at that, though, Frank. It was very close. Uh, evidently had one foot still in the batter's box. Most of his body was out in front of the plate, and that's where he ran into the ball. Now, home plate is uh, fair territory. And if a batter bunts or runs into the ball outside the batter's box, he is automatically out. And that happened not too long ago at Yankee Stadium. Here's the 1-1 pitch. It's bunted and out in front of the plate. And Gibbs tries to go to second and through the first low. And Hauser had to scoop it out as the runners move up. Going down to second base, Elston Howard. Over to third, Jerry Adair. Red Sox with runners at second and third, two down. 
And here comes Mike Andrews. That sacrifice is good. It went two to four. So Howard at second, Adair at third. Two down. And Mike Andrews stepping in. Andrews had an infield single. That was the play that uh, Frank just mentioned about uh, Tommy Tresh going deep in the hole and dragging it in, but unable to make the play at first on Andrews. It was a mighty close play over at first base, though. Well, as you say, uh, one game a season does not make, but Tresh so far tonight has been nothing short of spectacular. It's been that good. All right, Mambo to Andrews. Drills one to right field. Face it. Here comes one run in. Here comes Howard. He'll score, and it's all tied up at two apiece. The ball kicks off Gibbs, and down to second base goes Mike Andrews. a two-apiece last half of the fifth. We've had some exciting baseball, and again tonight, the same pattern as Mambo hits the corner for strike one on Joe Foy. Mambo Kidd has been working Foy on that outside corner, and Foy in his last at-bat started to go with him. So let's see what happens. One strike on Joe. Joe off to a great start. Came into the game at 3.15. Here's the pitch, and Foy takes it high, one and one. Mike Andrews, a clutch single, two RBIs, his 12th and 13th of the year. And in that leadoff spot, he's right up there with Foy, Yastrzemski, Smith, and Harrelson. Foy has 12, Yastrzemski has 12, Smith has 14, Harrelson 16, and Mike Andrews, who's not considered one of the big power men in this club has 13. And two big ones right here. Now Mambo Kid has stepped completely off the mound, has walked out onto the grass, and is rubbing up the baseball. Frank, I'd have to feel there could be some mixed emotions by the fans here who rooted for Mambo for so many years, now watching them pitch against their favorites. I would have to think so, Jerry. I think Mambo Kid won 103 games while pitching for the Boston Red Sox. Now watching them pitch against their favorites. I would have to think so, Jerry. I think Mon Bouquet won 103 games while pitching for the Boston Red Sox. And one of those years, a 20-game winner. Here's the 1-1 pitch, and Foy takes a curve right in there. Right now watching them pitch against their favorites. I would have to think so, Jerry. I think Mon Bouquet won 103 games while pitching for the Boston Red Sox. And one of those years, a 20-game winner. Here's the 1-1 pitch, and Foy takes a curve right in there. Strike two. Jerry, I was talking to Monbo before the game and I asked him if he pitched much differently in this park and he said, oh yes, you have to. 
And he said, you have to think about that wall out there. He said, if you don't think about that, you better start. <laughs> I guess he's thought about it a long time, too. Here's the one-two pitch. Almost got Foy. He backed away. Just got out of the way. Joe had been moving out for that outside corner, and Mambo had been dishing him out there, and then suddenly he came in with a fastball that tailed in on him and almost hit him. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Andrews at second, a 2-2 ball game. Mambo delivers, and Foy takes low and away. Mambo thought he had it. It's three and two. Mambo Kett, of course, will want a pitch. The right-hand hitter is low and away, and he doesn't want them moving in to uh, be able to reach that pitch. So every once in a while, he will rock him back out of there. He's done it uh, twice now to Foy. Keith Frank and Joe Foy is back in there. It's a full count to Joe Foy. Andrews at second, two down. Mambo sets again. Here's the payoff pitch. Hit on the ground to second base. Hauser up with it. Flips over to Mantle. It's in time, and the side is retired. For the Red Sox, two runs on two base hits, two Yankee errors, one man left, and the score after five full innings of play, Boston two and the Yankees two. The traveling smooth on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial that makes the going more fun. That may seem like a lot to expect from a gasoline, but Atlantic Imperial isn't just any gasoline. It's the clean carburetor gasoline. It cleans your carburetor as you drive and keeps it clean. That can do a lot to increase your driving pleasure because dirt deposits in the throttle plate area are a common cause of stalling, rough idling, and poor acceleration. Problems you shouldn't have to put up with. Atlantic Imperial won't tolerate troublesome throttle plate deposits. It dissolves them and washes them harmlessly away. Then, wherever you drive, you're on the Imperial Road, where every trip's a pleasure trip. So come on in. Get on the Imperial Road with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. Okay, all set to go. We got another tight one. It's a 2-2 ball game. We move into the sixth, and now here is Frank Messer to take you down to the wire. And Frank, hang on to your hat. Well, thank you very much, Jerry Coleman, and uh, you take care of things over on the TV side now. A little battle is broken out in the stands down in left field, and uh, that's not why the ball game is delayed for a moment. They've uh, delayed it while the grounds crew finished uh, cleaning up the infield. Roy White leads off the top half of the sixth inning for the Yankees. White is one for two in this game. Swings for the first pitch. Ground ball to the shortstop. Adair has it. Makes his throw in time. So Roy White. First ball hitting. Grounds out to short. Fans here getting sort of a double feature. Close ball game and uh, a little uprising down in left field stands. Mickey Mantle pushes the bunt toward the right side. Up with it is Andrews. Throws not in time. Mickey beats it out for a base hit. Mickey Mantle dragging a bunt past the mound to the right side of the diamond. Andrews charged the ball well, made an across-the-body throw to Scott. But Mickey beat it out for a base hit. Joe Pepitone steps in. Mickey at first, one down. 
Yankees had base hit number six off Gary Bell. Well, they're still going at it down there in left field. Here's the pitch to Pepitone. Foul ball coming back, and it is over the roof. And now on New York Yankee baseball, let's pause for station identification. Tonight, following Yankee baseball, join me, Jerry Ducey, on my telephone talk show, Nightline, here on WGY Schenectady. No balls and a strike to Joe Pepitone as we get back to the action. Bell throws, changes up high. One ball, one strike, one out. Mickey at first. George Scott holding against the base runner. Bell, short stretch, fires. Low, nice pickup in the dirt by Howard. Two balls, one strike. Game tied, two to two, here in the top half of inning number six. Mantle leads it first. The pitch is past Howard, bouncing in the dirt and all the way back to the screen. And Mickey trots down to second on a wild pitch. Charged to Gary Bell. Howard saved Bell, a possible wild pitch a moment ago by digging one out of the dirt. But this one hit in front of the plate and bounced past him. So the count is three and one to Pepitone, and now they will put him on. Ball four will be thrown intentionally wide. Second walk to Pepitone tonight. And only the second walk given up by Gary Bell. Andy Costco moves in. Mantle at second, Pepitone at first. One out. And now time is called as... Uh, there will be a little visitation at the mound. Manager Dick Williams going out. Not to make a pitching change right here because he has just signaled his bullpen to start loosening up. warming up in the Boston Red Sox bullpen and let's see one of them would be Lee Stang and the other would be the left-hander Sparky Lyle now Dick Williams goes back to the dugout and Andy Costco moves in against Gary Bell Costco asking for the leaded bat to knock the mud out of his cleats Costco has grounded the short and popped up to the second baseman, Mike Andrews. 0 for 2. Bell, short stretch. Looks back to second. Here's the pitch. Costco swings. Line drive. Caught by Foy. Throws to second. Out at second base for the double play. Mantle went back to the bag headlong. But he is doubled off as Foy grabs Costco's sharp liner and fired it to Andrews at second for the double play. So the Yankees are retired. No runs to base hit. There were no errors and one man is left on. And at the end now of five and a half innings of play, the score is 
New York 2 and Boston 2. Want to get away from it all? If you're looking for new, exciting places to visit, you don't have to cross the ocean or hop a jet. You don't have to because only a few miles from your home, there are many exciting and interesting places to see and visit. Places that you may have talked about, but never actually seen. Dad, look at that fort. It's just like the one in our book. I never knew it was so close to our home. Let's go over to the big now your Atlantic dealer has made it easy for you. Atlantic has planned exciting trips and easy drive from your home. These fun trips are available in Atlantic's free weekender tour guides. They actually tell you where to go, how to get there, and what to see on the way. It's the easiest way to travel yet. Have a good trip. play has been the big thing tonight. Three times the Yankees have come up with double plays to help Mon Bouquet. And just a moment ago, the Red Sox came up with a big one to bail Gary Bell out of a jam. And now we go to the bottom half of the sixth. The man they named the year for, Carl Yastrzemski, steps in. The year of the Yaz it was in 67. Yastrzemski is one for two tonight. Bouquet's first pitch to him. Buddy down the third baseline, and now a foul ball. Yastrzemski got a lot of wood on it. It skipped right down the chalk stripe, and just before it got to the bag, it twisted foul. Cox would not have had a play on Yastrzemski. Boog Powell has hit a home run for Baltimore, and Luis Tiant's string is broken. Tiant will not get his fifth straight shutout. Powell homered with two men on in the top half of the sixth inning. Pitch Diaz. Swung on. Fly ball. Well hit the center. But White is there. And Roy makes the catch. string of shutout innings is ended at 41 as Powell homered for Baltimore in the sixth inning with two men on. And that will give uh, Baltimore the lead in that ball game by at least three to one. One out, Reggie Smith, the batter for Boston. Strike one on the inside corner at the knees. Ken Harrelson is on deck. Our game knotted two to two. Cox in on the grass at third base and wide of the line against the left-hand hitting Reggie Smith. One ball winds and deals outside. One ball, one strike. And a big story surrounding this game tonight, the return to shortstop of Tom Dresch and the fine job that he has done in the unaccustomed position. Monbo's pitch inside with a fastball and it's two and one. Dresch grew up in the minor leagues as a shortstop. Came to the Yankees as a shortstop in 62. But then Kubek came back out of the Army and Tresh moved to the outfield. High foul coming back and it is over the roof. Two balls and two strikes. Of course, Tresh did move back to the infield in 66 at third base. 
But tonight, he is playing shortstop for the first time in six years. Two balls and two strikes. To the left-hand hitting Reggie Smith, left-hand hitter against Mambo. He bats from both sides. 2-2 offering. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Mon Bouquet, his fourth strikeout. Two down, and Ken Harrelson, the batter. Harrelson has walked and grounded into a double play. Infield back deep, the pitch to him. Breaking ball, misses outside. Dick Hauser at second, is back at the edge of the grass and faded over towards second base. Fresh just a step in from the grass. Pepitone in left field, back near the warning track, which doesn't make him too deep. It's only 315 feet to the wall. Bouncing ball, third base side. Cox picks it up behind the bag. Long throw to Mickey in time, and the side is retired. Three up, three down, go the Red Sox. And at the end of six, the score is New York 2, Boston 2. Well, let's take a look at the other action. We told you that Luis Tiant's string of scoreless innings ended at 41 as Boog Powell of Baltimore homered in the top of the sixth with two men on. The Orioles still batting in the sixth inning and now leading Cleveland 3-1. to Rob Ender pitching that game for Baltimore. The Cleveland run was on a homer by Larry Brown in the third. And all of a sudden, that Larry Brown, the last couple of days, has found the home run swing. At the end of three and a half, the Detroit Tigers two and the Washington Senators nothing. Joe Coleman pitching for Washington. Joe Sparma pitching for the Detroit Tigers. Two to nothing over Washington at the end of three and a half. Later uh, tonight, Oakland at Chicago. The pitchers are in now. Nash for Oakland, Horland for the White Sox. The California Angels send uh, Ricky Clark against Jim Perry at Minnesota. No score as yet. In the National League, Cincinnati 3, Pittsburgh nothing at the end of three and a half. Atlanta nothing, the Mets nothing at the end of three and a half. Jarvis against Cardwell. St. Louis and Philadelphia scoreless in the bottom half of the sixth. Houston at San Francisco and Chicago at Los Angeles not yet underway. And now our seventh inning here at Fenway Park and Tom Tresh will lead off for the Yankees. He bunts to the right side of the mound. Picked up by Bell. Makes his throw in time. Tresh trying to bunt himself on. Is thrown out by the pitcher. Gibbs, who is two for two with a single and a triple, moves in. Jake has scored both Yankee runs. Takes a strike. to him, swung on and laced to left field. Yastrzemski has to play it on the bounce, and Jake Gibbs is three for three. 
The Yankees now have seven hits off Bell, and Gibbs owns three of them. Bobby Cox steps in. Cox also has had a hit each time up. Two for two. A run batted in. Cox steps out. Time is called by the plate umpire, Russ Getz. Now we're set. George Scott holds against Gibbs at first base. Pitch to Cox. Bounces in the dirt. Gets away from Howard. And it bounces all the way to the stands. I think that one didn't hit the dirt. I think it hit the front edge of the plate the way it bounced up. And another wild pitch is charged to Gary Bell. As Jake Gibbs is waved down to second base, that's as far as he can go. Ball came back into the seats. But only one base allowed. One ball, no strikes to Cox and Ellie Howard. Out at the mound, talking to Bell. Boston bullpen is working again. Right-hander Lee Stang and left-hander Sparky Lyle. The game is tied, 2-2. Two to two. Cox fouls it back, and the count is 1-1. One one. Jake Gibbs, incidentally, now has five hits in his last seven at-bats. Bouquet waiting on deck. Gary Bell ready to come in with a 1-1 pitch to Bobby Cox. Jam-packed crowd here at the Fenway watching intently every move on the field. The set by Bell. Here's his pitch. In the dirt again, and this time it is blocked by Howard with his chest. Gary Bell bouncing him across and again Howard walks out in front of the plate calls something out to his battery mate Dick Williams in the Boston dugout is uncomfortable unlike last night when you had the feeling of a lot of runs you don't have that feeling here tonight The pitch, and Gibbs takes off for third. Howard throws, and he is safe at third base. And Gibbs steals his second base of the night as he steals third. Foy is arguing now with Bill Kinnaman, the umpire, and Dick Williams races out of the dugout. Williams charging across the diamond over to third base to take up the argument. Foy insisting that he had Gibbs. stolen base of the year. Well, Williams has had his say. On his way back, now he stops at the mound, and he wants Elston Howard, I believe, to come out there, and Howard did not see him motion, but now he goes out. The count is two balls and two strikes on Bobby Cox. 
Williams now stopping at the mound. That constitutes a trip to the mound, even though he came out of the dugout to argue the play at third base. And now the Boston manager heads slowly back to the first base dugout. He is still quite upset. Sox now pull the infield in uh, to the edge of the grass on the right side. The shortstop Adair is the deep man. He's back about two or three steps only. Boy at the grass. So is Andrews. So is Scott. Two-two pitch to Cox. Check swing and he struck him out. Well, Cox is out on strikes. There are two down. And now it is up to Mon Bouquet. is only the second strikeout of the game for Gary Bell. Mon Bouquet has popped up and sacrificed. He is 0 for 1. Monbo looks to third. His pitch to the pitch by Bell is swung on and missed. Ron Bouquet looking down to third base at Crosetti. Just as Bell started his move. No balls and a strike. Monbo requests time. Bell rocks back on the left foot. Kicks and deals. There's a fly ball out of the right field. It's a fair ball. It's a base hit. It's a fair ball. Harrelson falls down. In the score is Gibbs. Mon Bouquet races on to second base and pulls in standing. Monbo just reached out and locked it down the right field line. Harrelson had no chance to catch it. The fact that Harrelson fell down may have aided Monbo in getting to second base, but Harrelson would never have caught that ball. He slipped and fell in the wet grass. No error will be charged to Harrelson. A double for Monbouquet, and the Yankees lead 3-2 as Monbo helps his own cause. And now Hauser steps in. is 0 for 3 tonight. Bell's pitch. Swung on. There's one hit deep to left field. This one could be a home run and it is not. It is off the wall. Mon Bouquet scores and Hauser now is hung up between first and second. And he is tagged out by Mike Andrews. Hauser steaming for second all of a sudden stopped as Jastrzemski played the ball off the wall. It hit well up on the wall. Hauser stopped. He elected to take his chances in the rundown, and he is tagged out by Andrews. Credit Hauser with a single, a run batted in. The run does count. And he is out from Yastrzemski to Andrews, left field to second base. The Yankees come up with two runs on three base hits. There were no errors, and nobody is left on. And now at the end of six and a half innings of play, the score is New York 4, Boston 2. Folks, Meet the first lady of cigars, the White Owl Girl. Hi, Joe. Great view up here in the press box. I can really see all my White Owl men. Anybody I know? There's the commissioner of something or other in the first row. He's a White Owl man. He's smoking the White Owl New Yorker. The big cigar for the big moment. 
Lucky guy. He's got the VIP seat and just the cigar to go with him. And on his right, there's the tall, slim one. Slim? Must weigh over 250 pounds. The tall, slim one from White Owl. The White Owl Ranger. Don't you ever watch the guys on the playing field? Of course. Most of them are White Owl men, too. Like that tall, cute one over there. Good man. He had over 300 last year. Naturally. He smokes the White Owl Invincible. The cigar that makes you feel that way. His cigar made him hit over 300? Why not? You know you get a lot more from a White Owl than just smoke. Out of the bottom half of the seventh inning. And Mon Bouquet will try once again to protect the two run lead. The Yankees uh, led 2 0 going to the bottom half of the fifth, and Boston tied it up with two runs on two hits, and uh, the Red Sox helped along a bit by a couple of errors. In the bottom of the seventh now, it will be George Scott to lead off, followed by Jerry Adair, and then Elston Howard. The fans now react as they see the sixth inning score of the Baltimore-Cleveland game posted, and they see Baltimore now leading Cleveland 3-1. to George Scott is one for two in this game. Takes a pitch high, ball one. Mon Bouquet looks down to Gibbs. Starts the windup and the 1-0 delivery. High ball two. Jim Bouton has begun to loosen up in the Yankee bullpen. Two balls, no strikes to Scott. And a curve for a strike. It's two and one. Yankees have four runs on nine hits. Red Sox, two runs on five hits. 2-1 pitch. Scott takes a strike two call. Jerry Adair on deck. Drills one to left field, and it is going to be in there for a base hit, maybe war. Pepitone has to play it off the wall, and Scott goes prancing into second base with a double. Hit number six for the Red Sox. On that ball, hit to uh, left field. The first one, incidentally, that the Red Sox have had to left, Tom Tresh went deep to the outfield to allow Pepitone to make just a short throw to him. Pepitone claims he can make a hard throw with his tender left arm, but it has not as yet been proven. Jerry Adair, who is one for two, swings in the first pitch and grounds on Peter Hall to right. He's it. Scott racing for the plate. Throw comes through, but not in time. Adair stops at first base, Scott scores, and it is now a 4 3 game.
zawsze. And the pitcher Gary Bell has come out on deck. However, the Red Sox, well, uh, we started to say they keep the bullpen going, and now Lee Stang has gone back into the bench in the bullpen. But Lyle will continue to throw. They'll put a runner down at first base for Adair, and it looks like Jose Tonneball. Tonneball will run for Adair. Steve Hamilton has joined Jim Bowden in the Yankee bullpen. Nobody out. Tonneball at first base, and Ellie Howard, the batter, he is 0 for 1. Squares to Bowden, takes the pitch low outside for ball one. Ball, who is very fast. The bunt attempt is foul, and it's a ball and a strike now to Howard. He tried to bunt a high pitch and fouled it. One ball, one strike, nobody out. Yankees leading four to three. One ball to the set. And the pitch, Howard squares and bunts it foul again behind the dish. And again, he appeared to chase a pitch. A ball and two strikes. This jam-packed crowd, not silent for a moment while the Red Sox are up. And what a thrill it is to sit here in the broadcast booth and look down at a jam-packed grandstand and bleacher area. One and two coming to Howard. Got a ball. Makes a false break. Howard goes one deep to center. Whitefell is there and makes the catch. Not a high fly. A line drive off the bat of Ellie Howard but hit right at Roy White who moved into position quickly and picked it off. There's one away. Back to first base. Dalton Jones now will come out to bat for Gary Bell. Bell has been out on deck. But now he is called back and Dalton Jones will bat for him. Jones had a hand in the Red Sox big eighth inning last night as he produced an infield hit. Went one for one as a pinch hitter and scored a run. He's a left-hand batter. Takes outside, ball wide. Mon Bouquet, a little upset at the call, comes a few steps off the mound. Dolan Jones for the year is batting 170. One ball throws, bouncing ball, hit point Hauser. He has flips to Trash, and they get the force at second. No throw back to first base on Jones. That was not a double play ball. A slowly hit bouncer. Hauser had to charge it, flipped it to Trash, but no chance to double up Jones. The Yankees execute the force at second base on Turnable. There are two outs, and now the batter is Mike Andrews. 
at first, Mantle holding. Andrews is two for three tonight with two runs batted in. Bond ball to the set. And the pitch. There's one drill well to left field, and this one is off the wall. Guns it over to Mantle, and it is in time. Mantle had to lean to the right field side of first, but backhanded the throw, got his foot back on the bag in time to retire Foy. But for the Red Sox in the seventh, two runs on three base hits. There were no Yankee errors, and one man is left on. So at the end of seven, the score is New York four, Boston four. At this time of year, almost all roads lead to summertime enjoyment. To the beach, to the mountains, to a pleasant evening in good company. And every road can be the Imperial Road, where the going is even more fun. When the miles roll smoothly away behind you. When your engine purrs like a kitten or roars like a tiger, responding to your slightest pressure on the accelerator. When you drive with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. Then you're on the Imperial Road. Deposits around the carburetor throttle plate can take away the pleasure of driving if they cause your engine to stall, to idle roughly, or to waste gasoline. But only a few tankfuls of Atlantic Imperial will dissolve troublesome throttle plate deposits, wash them harmlessly away, and put you back on the Imperial Road, where the driving is fun again. Just ask your Atlantic dealer to fill her up with Atlantic Imperial, the clean carburetor gasoline. The new pitcher for the Boston Red Sox will be Sparky Lyle. The Red Sox also have a new shortstop in Rico Petroselli. So with the ball game tied 4-4, four four, Lyle comes on. We're getting the attendance figure now. the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees tonight are playing before the Red Sox largest crowd of the year 35,253 35,253 jammed into Fenway Park tonight the listed capacity of this ballpark is 33,375 so there are a few standing up. Roy White leads off the eighth inning against Lyle. First pitch to him inside, ball one. 
I believe this is the first time this year the Yankees have seen Lyle. He has not been in a uh, previous ball game. White batting right against the left-hander. Swings and misses. And it's one ball, one strike. Lyle can throw and throw hard. He's been in nine games with a record of one win, no defeats. Two walks, nine strikeouts. Check swing, ground ball, first base side of the mound, and White's going to beat it out for a base hit. A base hit for Roy White, a check swing, bouncer on the first base side of the mound. Lyle started for the ball, so did Scott. Both of them wound up with the ball in the vicinity of it, and nobody was at first base, but White would have beaten that out anyway. But Roy gets his second hit of the ball game. For the Yankees, base hit number 10, and for the first time this year, the Yankees have gone into double figures in base hits. Mickey Mantle batting right. Goes down on one knee to get away from an inside pitch. Ball one. Even with their output of 10 runs last night, the Yankees had uh, only nine base hits. So with 10 hits, they go to double figures for the first time. One ball, no strikes to Mantle. And the pitch. Swung on and line right to the shortstop. Petroselli throws back to first, but White gets back ahead of the throw. Oh, what a shot off Mantle's bat, but right at the shortstop, Petroselli, who grabbed it, fired to first base, but did not get a double play. And now on New York Yankee baseball, let's pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey. Stay tuned tonight following Yankee baseball for my Nightline show here on WGY Schenectady. One out. Joe Pepitone moves in, throw to first base, White gets back. Pepitone is 0 for 1, he has walked twice. There's a strike call. Set by Lyle. Left-hander fires. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Andy Costco is on deck. Well, after every pitch, Lyle leaves the skin of the pitcher's mound, walks well back on the grass towards second where he has the rosin bag placed, just to be sure that he doesn't make that false move that would cost him a ball. He throws to first, White gets back. The pitch to Pepitone, bouncing ball, hit to the second baseman Andrews. He fires to Petroselli for one, no throw to first base. White is forced at second, Andrews to the shortstop Petroselli. Pepitone reaches on a fielder's choice. brings up Costco. Well, it might be interesting now to see what Costco can do with this fireballing left-hander. Before he steps in, Whitey Ford calls him down the first baseline, and they have a little meeting as Elston Howard has gone to the mound. 
unusual to see the first base coach call the batter down. Usually it will be the third base coach. But Whitey Ford had something he wanted to import, uh, impart to Costco. Two outs. Pepitone at first. Costco tonight is 0 for 3. Last time up, he hit the ball well, but hit a line drive right to the third baseman, Foy, who turned it into a double play. First pitch from Lyle, low and blocked in the dirt by Howard. Sets and fires. Bouncing ball hit to the third baseman, Foy. He has it, throws to Andrews. They force Peppercorn at second, and the crowd is retired. No runs, one base hit. There were no Boston errors, and a Yankee is left on. At the end of the top half of the eighth inning, the score is New York 4 and Boston 4. Pepperality is the spicy deal you get on every new 1968 Chrysler, Plymouth, or Imperial at Ted Pepper in Latham. Move up to Chrysler or Imperial. Season your driving with more luxury than ever. Choose your 68 Chrysler or Imperial at the home of Pepperality. Ted Pepper even pays any balance owed on your present car. The Plymouth win you overbeat goes on. It's the car that's the real salt of the earth. Smooth riding, good looking, pleasingly priced. Choose your 68 Plymouth at the home of Pepperality. Ted Pepper even pays any balance owed on your present car. For deals that are red hot, for prices that save you green dollars, see Ted Pepper in Latham on Route 9, just one mile south of the circle. It's the spicy way to buy a new Chrysler, Plymouth, or Imperial. scoreboard, the Washington Senators have not scored, so Frank Howard has not homered in that ball game at Detroit. And it is now raining in Detroit, and time has been called in the ball game. So Frank Howard has not homered in that ball game at Detroit. And it is now raining in Detroit, and time has been called in the ball game. The Tigers leading 2-0 at the end of four, and the rains came in the top of the fifth, and that game delayed. Our game goes to the bottom half of the eighth inning, which was the inning of destiny last night for the Red Sox. Carl Yastrzemski leads it off. At this stage of last night's game, Yastrzemski was out of the game. Check swing foul ball back to the seat. Strike one. Yastrzemski was taken out by manager Dick Williams after grounding out and slamming his helmet and showing a little temper display in the sixth. inning of destiny last night for the Red Sox. Dick Williams, when asked why Yastrzemski came out of the game, said simply, I wanted to let him beat the traffic going home. Check swing foul ball. Strike one pitch. High outside. One ball, one strike. After grounding out. Hard in the seventh inning. He gets a strike in on Yastrzemski, and it's one ball, two strikes. Line outside. 
Johnson has walked, routed into a double play, hit the run hard, he swings, throws the base into the right field. Reggie Smith flying to third base and falls in easily. No throw to third. Well, the Red Sox have it going against the runners at first and third. Only one out. And they bring up Jordan Scott, who has a great and into a double play. And falls in easily. No throw to third. Eddie Popowski, the third base coach, after talking to Smith, the runner at third, now comes down to talk to Scott. Only one out. Yankee and Field has a little meeting as Hauser and Fresh get together. Jake Gibbs out in front of the plate looking into the Yankee dugout. And Brown is not got anything on his mind. Throwing in the Yankee bullpen. Down to talk to Scott. Bon Bouquet. Yankee trying to deal battle out of the dance. Hauser and Fresh get together. Jake Gibbs. Here's the looking into the Yankee dugout. Ball headed for the first base dugout. Dick Williams bouncing up on the steps of the dugout, clapping his hands together, shouting out something to Scott. Verbanek drawing in the Yankee bullpen. Imagine saying, "Come on, Scotty, get a hold of one." Trying to battle out of the jam. One strike pitch will be coming. Here it is. High foul headed for the feet here on the right field side. Foul ball headed for the first base dugout. Dick Williams bouncing up on the steps of the dugout. Passing his fire to Shouting out there something to Scott. Smith at third represents the go-ahead run. One strike pitch will be coming. Paul Carlson at first base. High foul. Two strike pitch coming by George Scott.
Petroselli. Petroselli's batting for the first time tonight. After Adair left the ball game for a big run. Petroselli is hitting 208. Right hand iron again, and he wants to drive Petroselli. Baseman Dick Hauser, his only play will be over to first base to Madeline. 
the uh, Yankees and Red Sox will make a joint announcement uh, ten minutes after this game. Now Sparky Lyle's turn to try to protect Lyle the pitching to Trash. Batting right-handed, he swings and misses strike one. Well, our first thought would be, and this was the only again, our first thought would be uh, We've just been informed possibility of a trade, the, although I don't know. We just were given that word though, that there will be a joint announcement game. ten minutes after this game. Trash swings, bounces the ball on the third base side. Strike two. Right-handed, he swings and misses. Strike one. Well, our first thought would be, and this was the only no balls, two strikes. Wow, well off the mound there. I don't running know. on any baseball. We just were given that word, though. That, that is the first word of the first indication we had that anything was in the wind. Trash swings, bounces a foul on the third base side. And I'm afraid that's all we can tell you about. Nothing in two. The two strikes. and three trips. Well off the mound there. He fouls one back and stays alive. That is the first word of the first indication we had that anything was in the wind. Here in the top and of the ninth inning, that's all with the Red Sox up. leading six to four. No two to trash. He fouls one back and stays alive. Trash and The first strike out of the game for Lyle. Here in the top of the ninth inning, Gary Bell the, the first uh, seven innings. Gave up uh, the four Yankee runs on nine hits. He walked two and struck out uh, one. Struck out two. Correct me, please. The first strike out of the game for Putting left hand hitting against left hand pitching. Gary Bell pitched the first. Uh, Lyle throws. Strike one. Uh, the four Yankee runs on nine hits. Gibbs is three for three tonight. Two and struck out. And he has scored uh, three runs. Struck out two. Correct me, please. One strike pitch, swing, and a miss. Strike two as he reached out for one. Wild throw, strike one. Gives his 3-4-3 three, three tonight, and he has scored three runs. Wild takes the time with both feet swing, up. Swing, and a miss. Strike two as he reached out for and one. And now Gibbs figures the pitcher is taking too much time, and he steps out.
Pepperality is the spicy deal you get on every new 1968 Chrysler White Buffalo or Imperial at Ted Pepper in Latham. Move up to Chrysler or Imperial. Season your driving with more luxury than ever. Choose your 68 Chrysler or Imperial at the home of Pepperality. Ted Pepper even pays any balance owed on your present car. Pepperality the Plymouth is the spicy deal you get on every new It's the car that's the real salt of the earth. Imperial. Smooth riding, good-looking, pleasingly priced. Move up to Chrysler Choose your 68 Plymouth Season your driving at the home of Pepperality. Ted Choose Pepper even pays any balance owed on your present car. Ted for deals that are red hot, for prices that car. save you green dollars, when you see Ted Pepper in Latham, it's the car that's the real salt of the earth, one mile smooth riding, the good-looking, pleasingly priced. Spicy way Choose your 68 Chrysler Plymouth at the Hall Imperial. Ted Pepper Hi, this is Jerry Ducey. Join me for my telephone talk show, weeknights here at 810 on your dial, for prices that save you green dollars, see Ted Pepper in Latham. On Route 9, and on WDY, it's now five minutes after it's 10 o'clock, and that's our Yankee Baseball Chrysler, game for the Chrysler, Plymouth, and they lost to the Red Sox. Hi, this is Jerry Ducey. Join me for my telephone talk show. This is Jerry Ducey, back with you on our nightline show until midnight tonight. This is our telephone show. We carry on every night during the week, Monday through Friday, before, after, during the Yankee Baseball game. So if you'd like to chat, all you have to do is dial 374-3318. 374-3318. And during the course of our conversation, for the balance of the evening, let's stay away from proper names and corporate names. Bearing this in mind at all times, however, that the opinions expressed in this program are, of course, yours and mine. During the ad, do not necessarily reflect those of General Electric or its broadcast. And if you get through on the line tonight with your call and comments, would you kindly turn the radio off and turn it down in the background and have somebody do it? Because the program is delayed on tape 10 seconds expressed in this program are, of course, extremely yours and mine. We have three lines coming into the studio. All three are lighting up at the moment. And if you have any of the fourth call, your call will ring busy, so hang up to the radio off and then dial down the again. If the line is still ringing, because the program is delayed upcoming on the air. 374 Hello, Jerry Ducey here. We have three lines coming into the studio, and all three are lighting up at the moment. And if you have any of the fourth call, your call will ring busy, so hang up to the radio off and then dial down the number again. No, no, we just cut our connection between here and Fenway Park. But I would imagine it will probably file on our press wires before, as soon as the announcement is made. Oh, I'm sure it'll be on the sports. Yeah, somebody, if not, somebody will bring it into an announcement. Okay, good. Are you going to pick that up? No, we just cut our connection between here and Park. But I would imagine it will probably file on our press wires before... Hello. As soon as the announcement is made. Where? Where? Hold on, hold on. Where? Okay. Yeah, somebody will. Turn the radio off in the back. Somebody will bring it in. I'll let you know. Okay, good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Would you turn the radio off in the back, please? Until it gets knocked down. Oh. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Where? Where? I don't know how long you'll stand up there. Turn the radio off in the back. He may like stand up for 15 rounds. He may be able to go 35. I, I wouldn't even, you know, hazard a guess. It's seven and a so half minutes after down. 10. It's clear and 50 degrees at the Albany County okay, Airport. Bye-bye. Hello, Jerry Ducey here. <laughs>
I don't know. I don't know. I did not say that. That's your misquote. I did not say that. He may be able to go 35. I don't know. I wouldn't even know. Hazard a guess. It's 7 and a half minutes. It's clear. 50 degrees at the Albany County Airport. No, that's not true. Somebody told you a little strip, a little white line. I did not say that. That's your misquote. I did not say that. No, because we have the Yankees. We can't have two of them. They already have one on the other stage, right? They're playing right now. No, that, that's not yeah. true. Somebody, somebody told you a little fib, a little It's hard be it for me to tell you what stage. We have the Yankees. We don't have them. Ask your mother or dad. Okay? No, because we have the Yankees. We can't have Hello, Jerry Deucey here. Hello. Yeah, turn the radio off in the back. They already have them on the other stage, right? They're playing right now. Turn the radio off, please. Yes. Okay. Oh, give me your prediction. I'll tell you how close you came to the whole Yankee team. No, I, I told him. Right? St- I, <laughs> I said, why don't we trade your Strzemski? I Right where you are now. You don't know when to 